Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to anchor.fm to get started. Peace. Welcome to Anatomy of Marriage Radio. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, my friends? My name is Seth Studley. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Good morning to you. Good good Monday morning. (laughs) We're excited to be here with you today. We are going to answer a question that was submitted Mm -hmm. by all white people, and it's, Mm -hmm. how can I help? And we're going to dive into that question, but every morning we do four things Mm -hmm. on Anatomy of Marriage Radio. We do a prayer, we do an intention, and we Mm -hmm. do a gratitude, Mm -hmm. and then we talk about our question of the day and our conversation of the day. That's right. And today's show will look a bit a little bit different because we mm-hmm. did get an email from every single white person and uh, <laughs> we uh, have a lot to say about this and we have really, really good reasons why we can uh, speak to that. Yes, so, we'll get to that in a moment. But the first, let's pray. And we encourage you to pray with your spouse, especially if you're going to listen to this episode together. That's right. All right. Dear Jesus, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your uh, grace and your opportunities that you give us, God. I pray that you be with folks all over the world right now who are uh, oppressed, who are hurting, who are uh, wondering what in the world is going on, God. I pray that you uh, protect us all. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your kindness, God. Thank you for your love. And I pray this is helpful to folks and also helpful to us. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, uh, Yeah, this is going to look a little bit different. I am thankful for who you are, for uh, what you've done, and your insights and how you get it. So thank you for that. You're doing gratitudes. you got to explain what you're doing. Sorry. Every morning we do our gratitudes where we say what we're thankful for about our spouse. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for your hard work. I Mm -hmm. wanted you to walk with me yesterday, and you're like, nope, I'm going to stay here and clean the front yard because we've been painting our house. And I'm really thankful that you were like... I know you want me to walk, but this will make you happy in the long run, so I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate your hard work and all You're of welcome. that stuff. Uh, so thank you. And then our intentions for today, again, we encourage you to do intentions with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Our, my intention for today is it's basically my behavior goal, my mm-hmm. goal for my behavior, and it is to do more of what I've been doing. I'm really proud of myself. I hope you're mm-hmm. proud of it too. Definitely. I'm not getting mad at you. I'm not saying you're dumb or your mm-hmm. ideas are stupid or why'd you do this or why'd you do that? And I am showing you with touch and words and mm-hmm. all, all the things, why I love you, why I care, mm-hmm. and why our relationship is important to me. Yes. And so that's my intention is to do more of that today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. My intention is to take your words that you spoke Saturday and Sunday and take those into my heart. And we, we had some super good conversations that were super deep and all this other stuff. What's up, T? Uh, stay tuned. Um, uh, and I appreciate that. And I'm not going to let those words go to waste. Right. I will meditate on them in my heart for change, for intention. So I appreciate thank that. Thank you. So you guys, today's show is called For Whites Only. Ooh, okay. For Whites Only. Ouch. But... For whites only, wake up. Wake up. And so this is the, if you don't understand this, then all the other words that we say aren't going to make sense because you're going to think, who are these posers, right? So, uh, okay, backstory, right? I come from uh, a British grandmother who was born in England, and then I come from an Indian uh, grandmother who was born in South Carolina. Native American. Who was part of the Catawba Indian Nation in South Carolina, right? So, uh, my mom grew up with no running water. She had an outhouse. She had a pea pot under her bed. Do you know what that is? That. A pea pot. It's called a piss pot. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and an outhouse, right? That's how his my, mother, my his mother, mother grew, grew up, up that right? way. They were obviously dirt poor, right? And mom. So, 
Why is this Katie, for this white is people for white only? people to teach them. Black people don't need this message. People of right. color don't need this message. It's for white people who don't understand how to help and what mm-hmm. to do. That's it's right. not something to be offensive. This is literally black people know. Brown people know. Right. White people don't. And we're so talking about it. The context is uh, I've been in both worlds for a long time. The native world and the white world. I can go into any native community and say, hey, I know the culture. I am this culture and fit right. in exactly that way. Literally mm-hmm. fit in exactly that way. I, and then obviously white culture. Oh, some white dude, right? Okay, now tell them, tell folks why you can speak to this as well. Right. I am the whitest non-white person you'll ever know. Uh, my grandparents, or my grandma and my great-grandfather are full-on native. They are from the Chippewa, uh, Minnesota, what am I saying? White Earth, white Earth Minnesota, um, Mississippi Reser- band, it's all a thing, but a white earth reservation. They grew out Born on, a, grew on up a on a reservation out in Minnesota. My great grandfather was taken from his family and like two or three times mm-hmm. put into boarding schools, said, you cannot speak your language. You cannot do this. He was like 11 mm-hmm. and he literally ran away three States home at like 11. Right. He was stolen from his family. Hear what I'm saying. A child taken from his home by the government to go to an American boarding school. That was my great grandfather. Mm-hmm. My grandmother uh, was declined service in grocery stores because she's brown. She was told that she, you know, was less than dirt. Mm-hmm. She couldn't, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. That's my grandmother. My grandmother used to call me white. She said I wouldn't. Uh, I sh- I didn't need to learn the things about anything native. I was white. She would say, "You don't get it. You're white." Mm-hmm. Um, my dad even would say that to me sometimes, but not in a, he wasn't trying to be mean. Um, he was just like, you don't get it, you're white. Mm-hmm. This is my flesh and blood. And one of the weirdest parts about that is mm-hmm. that this, it's historical trauma is what that is called. The trauma that my great-grandfather suffered, that my, grandf- that my grandmother suffered, impacted how they lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to draw this analogy. It's, it's kind of amazing that I'm re- happening to read uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Mm-hmm which is about a Holocaust survivor. He was in the Holocaust. He was in concentration camps. And he was a psychologist when he went there as a concentration camp prisoner. He talks about the sort of injustices and how they played out through all these ways and how it, uh, how being oppressed in concentration camp setting, how it damages your soul and your spirit and all of these things, right? So being, oops, uh, being oppressed, being told that you're worth nothing, being called a pig, being like spit on and hit and shot and killed for having an opinion, wanting food, being hungry, how it for ruins jogging, for, for uh, selling cigarettes, literally or, anything, <clears throat> how it crushes your spirit and your soul. That is what happened to my native ancestors. My grandmother, her father, my dad, I feel like we're crunched down they were well, think oppressed. about it in in context of family of origin mm-hmm. right we talk about family of origin. on my mom's side nice there you go no wonder we're <laughs> exactly soul sisters so in no way are we talking about this saying oh yeah okay look at us no mm-hmm. get that out of your brains we're not doing that right we pass as white right 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 but we can go in other communities we understand communities sometimes in in uh, indian country we call it about having uh walking in two worlds right one foot in this one, one foot in that one. White people don't have eagle feather fans gifted to them by elders. Unless they go on Etsy. <laughs> right? This is Please. real. <laughs> no, I know. This is real, right? right? And I'm not saying that, oh, okay, you got to... No, you don't get gifted things by elders and do ceremony and do all this stuff if you How about only this? walk in one world. This is not a Halloween costume. Right. This is not the uh, mascot mm-hmm. for your football team. Right. This is a culture. Mm-hmm. These feathers aren't toys. It is a culture. Right. So we're not saying that to be like, oh, look at us. No, we're saying for, for white people only. You don't, don't ask. So black and brown people have no obligation to teach you. No. They have no obligation to say to you to defend themselves yeah, my folks are getting shot. Well, yeah, not all of them are. Ugh. Forget it. Right. Forget it. So, um, And stop asking them. And Do stop not invite them. the like four black people you know to come to your church and talk mm-hmm. or go on your podcast and talk about racism. They don't want to do it. It's inappropriate. <sighs> you talk about it. 
That's why we're talking about right. it. I was waiting for someone to talk about it who wasn't a person of color because they're not the people who need to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. I was waiting and I was waiting and I was waiting mm-hmm. and nobody was doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? We have to do this. Uh, this is something I've wanted to talk about forever mm-hmm. and it never felt like the right time to do it. Like there was not an audience for it and it wouldn't make sense. But mm-hmm. now it makes sense. And so we have like a crap ton of notes that we want to talk about. Can I talk about mine really quick? Yes. So I want to define the word racism. I, I love looking up the meaning of words and I think we all think we know what it is. Mm-hmm. But racism is prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. So let me ask you a question. If you've ever found black people threatening because of their blackness, um, or if that's a thing you've ever thought of, you're practicing racism Mm -hmm. unintentionally. Their blackness scares you. Their whatever scares you. That's unintentional racism. If you've ever found that you can accept people of color if they're dressed like you, that is racism. It's unintentional racism. You're not doing it on purpose, but if you feel those things, if you sense those things, listen to what you are, listen to what your mind is telling you, okay? What are you looking up over there? Um, the other thing I want to talk about is this idea of homogenization. If you, do you guys know what that term means? It's the idea that everything is the same. We kind of make it all, everything should just all be the same. And we talk about this because I think when people are uncomfortable with different cultures, different races, whatever, what they're really longing for is, gosh, if it was just, if that person was just like me, I would feel better. Why is our internet all screwing up? Okay, it didn't crash. Let oh me, my gosh. Let me tell don't push finish. Ah. Why'd you do that? What are you doing? Sorry. Sorry. Let me tell people something. Up. So racism isn't binary. Like Melanie was saying, it's a spectrum that we all exist on. When we spend energy defending ourselves, when we hear something that a person of color says and goes, oh, well, wait a minute. Not everybody's like that. Not everybody's like that. That is the same thing as having a wife or a partner or a kid saying, hey, that hurt my feelings. Well, I didn't hurt your feelings yesterday. What's wrong with right. you? And then you just feel like you're minimized and devalued and looked over and made to shrink back, right? Mm-hmm. It robs us of the capacity to listen to openness to people of color voices, examine our biases, and think critically about the systems we are a part of, mm-hmm. right? So you can finish what you're saying or I can say something what's else happening? here. I, I don't new know. New level, new devil, y'all. We're mm-hmm. trying to fight racism and all of our stuff is working and not working. Okay, just finish it and then post it. Sh- uh. Sure. So the, the homogenization is not the goal, right? And then when I looked up the word anti-racism, which is being communicated all the time, we need to not just be against racism, we need to be anti-racism. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up just because, again, I'm curious about what these things actually mean. And anti-racism defined is the policy or practice of opposing racism and promoting racial tolerance. Hey, Seth, I tolerate you. Mm -hmm. Does that sound loving and great? Does that sound what God wants us to do? Does that sound like what God wants us to do? It's like you tolerate a barking dog because you don't want to get up and go. Right. I also tolerate a sliver sometimes. I tolerate like... Nobody knows what a sliver is. It's called a splinter. It's not called a splinter. That's That's a... that is a rat that teaches you <laughs> jujitsu in a tunnel. Master Splinter? <laughs> right. Right? Um, so anti-racism is not good enough. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be pro-race. We need to be pro-diversity, like pro all of these things. And until we get there, where we're celebrating diversity, we are not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not, if I tolerate my kids, I don't love them. God calls us to love everybody. Mm-hmm. Treat your neighbor as you treat yourself. You don't tolerate yourself. And if you do, go to a doctor and get medication because you need to love yourself. And that's not fake. There was a documentary. Okay, my turn to talk here. Sure. There's a documentary in grad school that I watched, and it's called The Color of Fear. And it's a documentary uh, made in 1994, The Color of Fear. And it uh, gives a very, very good description. And uh, it will help non-brown, non-black people, non-minority people understand what we are talking about. Tierney says, some of us don't mind talking about it, but each time a murder happens, it's traumatizing all over again, of course. And and ask before talking to us, because you may be forcing trauma all over again by just assuming because it matters to us. We want to talk about it all the time. Yes. Tierney, you you hit it on the head, and it's not for me to say that you are right or wrong, but I understand what you're saying. It's like, okay, being a therapist, me searching around and go, okay, 
who was who was raped recently? Right. Who was right. killed? Whose family got killed recently? Um, oh, yours did. Hey, can you tell me about that? What mm-hmm. is it like to? I'm sorry, your family got killed. We're praying for your family that got killed. Right. Um, I have a show. Can you come and talk about it, please? How your Rape. family was I've, killed? I've yeah. never been killed before, so mm-hmm. right. uh, can you can you come and talk about it? Right. It right. is re traumatizing so every time you ask a black person or a brown person right now and say i am i'm i'm being tolerant i'm celebrating diversity which i did i i have yeah i'm celebrating diversity no you're not you're re-traumatizing that person you are patronizing that person right right? that person okay i have been in rooms before where all the white people so i lecture on this i've lectured dozens of times in the united states and internationally right? Well, not dozens, once internationally, right? On this, hey, what is historical trauma? What is right. um, uh, historic oppression? And then all the white people call me because like, oh, okay, I'm a safe native guy. You know, I'm not like super brown and long hair. And, like, He's not scary. Activist. I'm right? not scary. Um, call him. And it is the stupidest, worst feeling in the world ever mm-hmm. because I'm like, you don't care about this. Mm-hmm. You absolutely don't care about this. You want the numbers. You want me to come on the show. You want me to do this. Right. Bull crap. No. And I I will not do that. I've turned down speaking because it's stupid. It is it is so No one's learning. No one is learning. No so anyway, learning. going back to the color of fear. And it is a group therapy session full of men, black men, white men, Asian men. Uh I think some gay men too. And they're they're trying to talk about this, talk about oppression, talk about systemic racism, systemic um, uh, oppression. And there's there's one scene in the thing when uh, the white guy is there and he says, hey, I'm not racist. I employ tons of Mexicans. I employ tons of black people, right? And he's like, I, I, I give them a good living. I do this. He's the master of the plantation, right? right? right. He doesn't understand that the entire system that right. he is in allows mm-hmm. him to employ mm-hmm. people like that. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. And he doesn't get it. And uh, uh, the yeah, the entire in- system is designed that way. Mm-hmm. And we have to say something to change this. We we especially do because right. we have you know a. a People listen to us, right? Right. And I want you guys to throw up some hearts and throw up some likes if you agree. And of course you agree. And I'm not saying that to to put you in a double bind position or anything. Mm -hmm. But like Mm -hmm. your silence, our silence is killing people. Right. It is really killing people. It is getting people maced in the face for walking away from a protest. Yesterday, Preston Smiles, if you don't follow Preston Smiles, follow him on Instagram was showing all these all, all these protesters in different cities across the United States just getting duh, getting uh just crushed by the police. They were walking away. The, sure they were yelling and stuff, but they were like, "Okay, I'm walking away." And the police it was it was amazing people getting hit by cars, people walking away and cops coming up to them and spraying them with like industrial right. bear spray, mace stuff. It is killing people. It is getting people maced in the face. Mace in the face, um, and uh, where's my where's my notes? Um, it's having it's it's having white women call the police on people walking I know, dogs in a park. Unbelievable! It's Shouting, a, I'm a, being attacked. It's a black man jogging down the road and getting killed for it. No white person has ever thought of that. Just two years ago, I got yelled at by some white people because I had bear paw tattoos, and they were like, "Oh, you native?" I was like, "Yeah," and they started going. And I was in an alley, and that I was like, "This, this is weird. Mm-hmm. This is not un- safe. This is uncomfortable." In middle school, I would get called uh, Paco and Pedro all the time because I looked Mexican. And in the South, you're either black or you're white. Now you're black, white, maybe Asian, or you're Mexican, right? But back then, you were black or white. If you were Mexican, you're a wet wetback. I got called wetback. Mm-hmm. Maybe people don't know what that is, but it's not a great it's term. Not a, it's not a good term, right? Um. No, I'm not that. No, no. Right? So it's 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 feeling that. And in our experience, again, we we pass as white. Mm-hmm. We pass as white all day. So we're not we're not crying. We're not doing anything of that. No. We're 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 able to speak to this because we can mm-hmm. and we're able and we have to, mm-hmm. right? We have a lot of black listeners, which is unbelievable. 
We have a lot of white listeners. Wake up. Wake up, white listeners. Wake up, right? You can do something about it. Your silence is literally killing people. Yeah. The thing I think of, and I wanted, I've been trying to find a, a good analogy for this. I hope this one makes sense. It's as if there are two people together and one gets a giant gash on their leg. They get a humongous cut. It is bleeding out. And the other person who doesn't have this humongous gash in their leg looks to the person with the gash in their leg and they say, what should I do? Mm-hmm. And the person with the gash in their leg is like, I don't know. Find a doctor. No, 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 no. I'm so sorry you have a gash in your leg. What should I do? Mm-hmm. And they're like, go do the thing that you should do to heal someone's gash in their leg. And the other person's like, no, seriously, mm-hmm. I get that you have a gash. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry that you have a gash. I don't have a gash. Right. I've, in fact, I've never had a gash. Mm-hmm. And they just keep talking to the wrong person. Instead right. of going and educating them freaking selves, go get your education, what mm-hmm. you need to understand about what race is, what it isn't. Learn what, what words like systemic racism mean. And that's the thing I think is happening, is that people are not actually researching what things mean. They hear these big words, systemic racism, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, I, don't, I think I could probably mm-hmm. guess what that means. Right. No, literally Google it and then read articles about mm-hmm. it. Don't just read the headlines. Read actual articles about it and figure Look out up. what it means. <laughs> like, what's a food desert? Do you know what a food desert is? If you don't, look it up and learn about systemic racism. Do you know what gentrification is? Do you? Or have you just heard it and you think, oh, well, I I mean, they talk about gentrification in all these cool places like Nashville. Do you know what colonization (laughs) is? And do you think of other things than the Boston Tea Party or Mm. Massachusetts? Right. And stuff like that. Plymouth Rock. Do you Mm -hmm. know what it is? Jenny says, keep speaking to us. Our silence is violence. Mm. It absolutely is. And this, so I want to make it relevant and put it in the family and marriage context. Right. And I think I had a really good analogy. As this relates to parenting or marriage, if your child or spouse was doing something that you disagreed to, but you knew they were doing it, they will think it's okay and will continue to do it and think it's normal. If Melanie is doing something, mm-hmm. and I, I've done this to our kids before when I was like literally lazy, mm-hmm. and, and, and every single kid has looked at me, they've done a little something, and they go, and I look at them, and then I look away, and mm-hmm. that is their cue. Dad sees it. He's not getting mad he's at not me. Getting, uh, he's right. not getting mad. He is being quiet. I can continue to do right. that. A but perfect- in other contexts, what they're doing, like playing video games for the eighth hour or whatever, mm-hmm. is not good. Right. My silence is complacency. Right. My complacency enables them. Um, my enabling continues that behavior. Right. A right? good example of this in, in my world, in our world, is when we tell people that we're native, uh, when we tell people, I, I'm not kidding, I own a real teepee. It was my grandmother's. It was given to her by a Blackfeet Indian woman. It is a real teepee with tree trunk, like big, long tree trunks as poles. Poles. It's real. It's ours. We're going to put it up in the summer. I'm going to share a picture of it. When our friends who didn't know we were native, or even the ones who do know, they will make fun of us. They'll say, oh, we're going to have a powwow. They'll reference, um, like, what is it, Peter Pan? Mm-hmm. in the scene when they're with the Indians. No, get them firewood, right? Like they mm-hmm. pretend to be Indians. They do a little, right? They do all of this stuff. They talk about feathers. They talk about smoke signals. And it's in those moments when, when I can choose to either go, <laughs> well, that's so funny. My people who were killed, like that's so funny mm-hmm. that you're saying that. Or I can be like, hey, hashtag, those are real people. Right. Right. Hey, guys, real humans were slaughtered. Is this funny? Mm-hmm. Right. Say it. They're making you uncomfortable. Make them uncomfortable right back. So let me just tell you one thing that maybe you guys... Delano, what's up, my man? Uh, Something that you may not know. So what other race in the United States has a card to say what kind of ethnicity they are? Do white people? No. Do Mexicans? I don't think so. Do black people? Don't think so. Do Asians? I don't think so. You know those little cards that natives carry around that says, I'm enrolled? Weird. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's gross. What other race has a card? What other race has a, essentially a driver's license? For their race. Oh, hey, um, you know they're black natives? Ooh, do you know what, ever thought of that? They're not just brown with braids? Right. They have. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, do, you know it's, there's, do you know there's white natives? 
You're looking at one. <laughs> uh, you're looking at two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, it's very maybe, hard. Yeah. Maybe you guys don't know this, right? And um, uh, do you know that statistically, I'm just going to educate some folks here. St- statistically, Native Americans, Alaska Natives, um, are one of the smallest minority groups in the United States, right? One of the smallest. However, we represent... For the entire U.S. population, 750 million, or how many ever Americans there are, the highest rates of mental health disparities, anxiety, depression, suicide, sexual abuse, physical abuse, alcoholism, drug addiction, early death, mm. right? Did you know that the, uh, um, let's see, more... This is a hashtag miss, missing and murdered indigenous women. Um, more native women are raped and killed and trafficked than any other race. Ooh, did you know that one? Delano says, yep, got one. Four-fourths with the Navajo. Yep, I about cussed. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> Look out. Uh, 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 Danae people. Um, let's see. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Yeah, statistically, natives, uh, one of the smallest minority groups in the United States, represent the highest number of all this stuff. Why? Because of historical trauma. Why? Because of systemic colonization. Co- colonization isn't just Plymouth Rock and the right. Mayflower. It right. is systems. Did you know that until 1976, I believe? No. 1977. The uh, Indian uh, uh, Freedom of Religion Act was passed. Did you know that? It's disgusting. Not, th- this was in my lifetime, you guys. My lifetime. Um, oh, okay. You can practice your religion, right? All I can think of is like Billy Frank and fishing rights. Right. Like fishing rights. Fishing. You heard what I said. Any white person can take a stupid stick and a tackle box anywhere, mm-hmm. but a native family wants to fish on their land where mm-hmm. they've fished for thousands of years and sustained their families for thousands of years. Police officers were dragging their nets away and burning it's them. The, the fishing wars. The, of the fishing Northwest. wars. You don't know about these things because mm-hmm. they're not in white news. They what, don't make up? the cut. What's up, Brad? Right. Good to see you. And it's very hard for me to hear people be like, oh, you're Indian. Let's have a powwow. Do some smoke signals. Oh, want to smoke some peyote? And I'm like, this isn't funny. Mm-hmm. This isn't funny. This is like you have historically killed. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying like, you did this. You're white. You killed my ancestors. But to not undo the damage that was done by mm-hmm. unlearning and starting to make new systems that mm-hmm. include all races, that celebrate, not just tolerate. They need to celebrate. Whiteness is not the standard. Colonialization teaches us whiteness is the standard. If you look white, if you act white, if you talk like you're white... Yay, you win. Go to college. Sure, you're not a scary black person. You're almost mm-hmm. white, mm-hmm. right? No, we're not the standard. So when you have that pang of fear, when you see a brown person and you don't know what to do, or someone from Asia who doesn't speak English and you think, <laughs> you guffaw at them for some reason, you're not the standard of human. Mm-hmm. You're a human on this planet. And I go to nature when I think of this idea. Mm-hmm. I've spoken at this Uh, about this at different events there is no tree that is a dominant tree there is no type of grass there is no cloud that's better than any other cloud there's no fish that's better than any other fish there's no dog no like lice there's no anything there's no piece of any grain nothing is better than anything else but we stupidly think that we are the preferred race the preferred idea of how things should be and then we get afraid when everybody else isn't like us Mm -hmm. so i have to challenge you every time you have that pang of any type of fear any type of i don't know what to do any type of um oh i'm afraid i'm gonna huddle my kids and i'm gonna walk faster i'm gonna whatever and you don't teach your kids about it you're you are just feeding a system you're feeding racism you're letting someone get away with a native joke calling their team the redskins hello I can't believe it. It's so disgusting, mm-hmm. right? What's the chief Osceola dude? He comes out on his horse, right? Is it the Florida State Seminoles? Florida State Seminoles. Mm-hmm. He comes out on his horse. They're not. I mean, right? Nope. 
So uh, let's see. Delano says, as a native, I'm a bit jealous of the uh, Black Lives Matter, to be honest. I'm so glad they have gained some traction and hope and hope the change happens. But tragedy involving natives doesn't ever make the news. Probably never will. He says. That's Um, right. Uh, Unless unless people talk about it. I mean, MMIW missing and murdered indigenous mm -hmm. women is uh, a hashtag. That's that's getting. Uh, a lot of traction, right. rightly so. Um, you know, red lives matter. You know, brown lives matter. Right. Um, and I uh, think what's so crazy to think of when you said that is like, I just think of, um, you know, gosh, if someone painted their face black, if someone did blackface today, people lose their minds. Right. You know what people do on every Halloween? Oh, I'm Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Look at my feathers. Look at my headdress. It's like a fashion statement. Mm-hmm. And it's, right. you know, that the not... Uh, native inspired versus inspired natives, right? Right. People who own native blanket making mm-hmm. companies are white. Like you guys, go check out Louis Gong. Louis he Gong is, is a, amazing. A, a native artist out here, uh, biracial. He's Asian and had a Chinese mom or Chinese dad, I think, and a, a native grandma up there from Nooksack, um, mm-hmm. out here in Washington. And yeah, we love him. He, he makes uh, amazing blankets yeah. and earrings Hashtag and phone covers. Inspired native right not, not native not native inspired, inspired. right you not, like not um not um appropriated uh, right, right right and imagine what what people would do if like on halloween a bunch of people just dressed up like slaves no one would think that was funny mm-hmm. it would make the headlines mm-hmm. but people dress up like indians all the time mm-hmm. and somehow it's still okay right and it's still funny it's somehow sexy like oh look sexy native like no, mm-hmm. this isn't okay. And I mm-hmm. want to talk about how uh, TV impacts all of this. Um, how, like the the natives, the people of color have been exoticized and, but also villainized in TV. And mm-hmm. I will tell you what is shocking. Mm-hmm. We come from a home where Seth works in marginalized minority communities all the time. We are one. My dad does this. Works with natives. Every all of it. All of it. This is around us all the time. And our kids. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, I don't want to talk too loudly because they're in the other room. But um, they will say things that are inherently racist. And I'm like, where? Mm-hmm. Where did you hear this? They're he'll getting s- it from He'll say games. something like... Um, That's savage. Uh, yeah, that savage. I mean, he understands it in a different way. But he'll say things like, uh, well, Chinese people don't understand a- Americans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I really got... I laid on him. I was mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I mean, if I speak, they don't understand me. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if you spoke to them, would or if they spoke to you in Chinese, would you understand them? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, no, mm-hmm. but I could. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think they could? Mm-hmm. And I was not happy because so we do not, hold on, we don't no. teach that in our home. Television, stupid cartoons where every character is white and then there's a token Asian kid. Mm-hmm. And that Asian kid always has an accent and always messes up their words. Or the kid from India who can't say the sentences right. But there's 15 white kids and one kid from India. Mm-hmm. Or one black kid who is like thug and gangster somehow. And all of the other white kids are like playing tennis. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how culture is still there. So we have a responsibility as parents to expose our children to positive media about people of color. It Not as a token either not as like a all right here's all your white media here's some of the black media Mm -hmm. like figure out things to listen to shows to watch every color all the colors Mm -hmm. it's i mean it's like the rainbow idea like don't Mm -hmm. not see color see all of them Mm -hmm. don't tolerate red make it a part of your rainbow people that say i don't see color i just see people that is uh not watering down (laughs) so you you don't see thousands of years of culture behind that that's like saying don't, i don't see tacos or sushi i just see food no you see tacos you like a, tacos good, you like sushi you like uh, indian food see Je- it jessica says us natives have been repressed by other people for centuries and still uh still don't or won't be able to get the recognition we deserve the lies they teach about our children in school about natives is disgusting yes it's apps what's up marriage podcast uh um uh, it is disgusting jessica uh throw up your tribe out there um uh, what what was I what was I saying? Darn it, I can't. Well, we're talking about media, like right racism in the media and how it. Affects oh right, so like with little kids, so that it, so those things have to be taught, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just like what we learn about sex from pornography right. and and media and all that stuff, is that is that good? Is that right? Is that true? No, it's absolutely not. So whose responsibility is it to 
unlearn that stuff or keep our kids from that stuff and then reteach them. Right. It's your responsibility. Hey, white parents, freaking teach your kids about race. Right. Color is important. It does matter. Culture is important. Ceremony is important. Religion is important. Right. Foods are important. Everything, Everything that goes along with the culture is important. Absolutely. And white people out there, don't don't go to someone that isn't white and go, hey, I need to learn this stuff. Let's have a conversation. Or, hey, can we go out for coffee? Please. Especially now. Are you kidding me? Right. Are right. you kidding me? The American history has taught us in school. Uh, the American history taught in schools is taught poorly and it has been for decades. Oh, yeah. Of course it has. Why? Because it comes from a colonizing point of view. It's preferring right? white people. It is making them the standard. It is, uh, is mm-hmm. inherently racist. Mm-hmm. Inherently. Who learned about boarding schools? For uh, Indians in school, nobody. Who learned about Black Wall Street in <sighs> Oklahoma in schools? Nobody. nobody. Who learned about... If um, we're talking about these things and you don't know what they are, stop the show now and Google them and read the articles you find. Right. That mm-hmm. is what you do if you're white and you don't know what to do. You Google Black Wall Street and read mm-hmm. the whole thing. You Google native boarding schools mm-hmm. and you look at the pictures of children who were stolen from their families, mm-hmm. forced to speak a different language and beaten when they didn't. Mm-hmm. Look them up. And read the articles. Sorry, keep going. No, uh, look up um, Captain George Pratt, who implemented native boarding schools in the United States. His motto was, uh, uh, kill, kill, kill the this. Indian, save the man. Yeah. Kill the Indian, cut their hair. Don't let them speak language. Don't let them dress the way they used to dress. All this stuff. Thank you all for standing like this. It's a stand for us all. Good. Thank you. Uh, feeling like there are large differences between uh, U.S. and Canada on race issues. I, I can't speak for Canadians. I can speak for um, uh, uh, First Peoples of Canada because Mac, I see yeah. a zillion of them. Big Mac, what? B- Mic Mac. Oh, Mic Mac. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mic Mac. That's awesome. Um, northeast. Uh, so what was I saying? Um, uh, ra- uh, Canadians' uh, policy on uh, First Nations is almost or even worse than uh, the United States. You might not hear about it because it might just be completely silenced. Right. That's Um, the hard part. uh, Delano says, my parents went through boarding schools. I think they chose not to teach me to be fluent in Navajo because they fear for me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Melanie's dad has specifically said that he he kept you from fishing war stuff, that he kept you from Waihilu Indian School. Mm -hmm. He kept you from going to powwows and participating in all that because uh because of he his, told you that mm-hmm. he never told me because of historical trauma because of uh, uh um, systemic oppression and racism um there was a lot of trauma down there it, oh yeah it, it is a crazy system um and you can say oh indians are drunks or whatever uh, uh um i did a, a family tree thing and there were like 18 of my family members most of them on my mom's native side who were completely drunk. My, me, my uncles would get beat up all the time. They'd get called Mexicans and wetbacks and like jumped all the time because they looked brown and had long black hair. Because Native Americans didn't exist in, in the South. Well, uh, like That's the only insult a white person could think about of. This? You look How Mexican. The Catawba Indian tribe was terminated. You are not a tribe anymore. And th- this, this is um, uh, um, eradication policies that happen to hundreds of tribes in the United States. Did you if know If you don't know the word eradication policy, Google it and learn about it. But so no, I didn't know Catawba that. The Catawba tribe was terminated. Done. You are not a tribe, the U.S. government That's said. That's disgusting. In, I believe, the, the 1960s, I think. You're not a tribe. No more. You have no land. You are not recognized as a people, right? Um... And then they fought and fought and fought, and then got, this is so lame, got federal recognition. Oh, cool. Official federal recognition in when? 1993. That's disgusting. Right. Okay, you're a tribe again. We're cool. We're cool with you. Government says, oh, we're cool with you. I'm so glad the white people decided that they could be a tribe again. Yeah. Um, so it's all over our news, and we get taught about it in high school. We even incorporate Micmac language in our curriculum. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is good. That's really good. Yeah, some some states do really great jobs. Other right. do miserable, job, miserable jobs and turn them into mascots. Right, mascots and like I, I always hate it when it's Thanksgiving around here. Uh, the kids, you know, make their little feather. They make... Um, like little tiny, what are they called? Little headdresses headdress. in school, and they make like turkeys, and they have Indians with white people, and it's they all make, really happy. They make this. Oh, is this? 
Yeah. Who knows who this is, by the way? He's referencing his shirt for mm-hmm. podcast. Many listeners. tribes were terminated, and their people had to be absorbed by other tribes to be safe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is a horrendous thought. That's a horrendous thought. Just hey, my nonsense. house is burning down. I'm going to go live with my neighbor and take their last name and right. take their religion. Right. Right. And eat their food. I want to read a passage from the uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And one of the, he's talking in here about how it broke people's spirits to be in this in internment camp, camps. And uh, prom, it's going to make sense in a minute here. Or concentration camps, sorry. And he was saying that uh, it says, A well-known research psychologist has pointed out that life in concentration camps could be called a provisional existence. And he's meaning they literally had one cup of watery soup a day and one piece of bread like a little partial part of a loaf of bread to eat for the entire day and they had to do late like intensive insane labor and he it says this is a provisional existence he said we can add to this by defining it as a provisional existence of unknown limit so i'm reading this to you because he is saying there was no idea to them in the concentration camps when this suffering would end who feels like that about the Black Lives Matter movement and natives and what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Who feels like, when will this stop? And because they don't know when it's going to stop, it's constant, omnipresent, everywhere you go, it, you can't escape it. People can't turn off their brownness when they go out. on Like Javon Washington, our, uh, he was an acquaintance of mine from Mars Hill. He's now a pastor in Rainier Valley of the Flourish Church. And he posted a video and he's like, cool, white people, you can support me, but then go on the street and you're white. I can't turn my blackness off. Mm -hmm. So in his world, he is saying it is a provisional existence, meaning I'm getting scraps and I don't know how long it will last of unknown limits, Mm -hmm. a provisional existence of unknown limits, unknown limit rather, like when will it end? And I think it's important for people who don't have to live in that mind frame of when will this stop? When will, Mm -hmm. I mean, Javon said, he's like, I've got to tell my daughters what it's like. How do you deal with policemen if you get pulled over? His daughters are brown. He is black. His wife is Asian. His daughters are not white. So when they get pulled over in a car, it's a life-threatening circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. Every time until it ends. When will it end? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. So you talk about why why are all the Indians all drunk on reservations? How would you feel? If you were literally forced to live somewhere, I want to just talk. Can we just talk about reservations for a minute? Mm -hmm. Because I find it unthinkable that they exist still in this world. Like it is hard for my mind to understand. I remember talking to a coworker one time and I said, oh yeah, you go by the muckleshoot thing. Oh, she go by the mucks. Mm -hmm. She called a people group mucks. Like, of course it was a shorthand for muckleshoot, but it hit me. So hard because when she said it, it was like, oh, they're gross. Mm-hmm. Those are gross. Mm-hmm. They'd be like saying, oh, yeah, by the black people. Yuck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? It is the year 2000 and something. How are we referencing people groups like that? Mm-hmm. Like this is not OK. And reservations are real, you guys. If you don't live by one, they're real. There are people literally stuck in parts of the country. Mm-hmm. They can't leave. Well, they you. There's let's talk like a, about it. It's not like a gate there. They or, don't. Well, I know, but let's talk about right. it. Right. So, so think about this uh, in the context of uh, family systems. Right. So, um, okay, you're in a family system, and this is all you know. You grew up with it. Your mom did it. Your dad did it. Your grandmas did it. This is all you know. Right. Mm-hmm. It is going to be difficult for you to get up out of that. So, uh, natives on reservations can. Leave some okay. Some reservations are are way worse than others, like Pine Ridge and South Dakota and all that. That's that's that is a a very volatile place. It's a very broken place by design. By design. That's systemic racism. That's what that is. Reservations are uh, United States con- concentration camps. Right. At least at least that's what they were designed to be. Now there's like w- all kinds of like we're still here. Like our reservation is thriving. Right. We are making it work. So right? here, the people so. on reservations are amazing. They're wonderful. And think of it like this. Think of if um, the government came in tomorrow and they said, all right, we're gathering you guys and we're moving you to the middle of like 
South Dakota because mm-hmm. you're better off there. You're scary. You're mm-hmm. going to go there. So then like a hundred years later, you're like, you know, wow, South Dakota is not really where I want to be, but mm-hmm. all of my family is here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily want to leave all of my family, but this is really not even my land. Right. Um, I, you know, everything I know is here. It's not mm-hmm. thriving. There's no colleges. There's no universities. There's mm-hmm. no like grocery. Y'all, there is no Kroger. There's no Fred Meyer with an organic section. That, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what's not there. It's, it's designed to extinguish these right. people. It is designed to be gross and not healthy. I am not saying people on reservations right. are gross. Please do not misconstrue what I'm saying. These are, wonder- these are my people. These are good people. They're loving. They're my ancestors. Are on, we're on. White Earth Indian well, they, Reservation. They are. Right. I mean, but these reservations were not great places to go or stay on purpose. Mm-hmm. They were places to go to die. You lose your culture. Oh, you're in a land where you can't farm your, like, you can't grow your wild rice. Sorry. Mm-hmm. This is where the government wants you. Right. Have fun. Right. No college, no bus stations, no trains, mm-hmm. nothing. They're designed to kill the culture. Tierney says, makes me wonder how people how, how people will support people of color after the protest end because the many issues still continue. Yeah. So, white people, listen to that. The issues still continue. Right. Just because cars aren't on fire right. in every major city in the United States, windows aren't being busted, people aren't being maced, mm-hmm. does not mean that this is over. It does not mean that it's over, Right. So what you're doing now, oh, all pumped up. Even us on a show, even like a lot of podcasts are talking about this and stuff, and we're not talking about it. <clears throat> we're talking about it because we know it's our responsibility to talk about it. Right. Right? Um, who cares about numbers or whatever? But what happens after, right? Um, what happens after uh, the funeral is over mm-hmm. and people go home? Mm-hmm. You know, we had the wake. We had the dinner. You know, people go back to their homes. How are you reaching out to those people now mm-hmm. or that family now, right? Uh, maybe you're not. I don't know. You know, what's one of the best things you can do? Don't reach out to black or brown people and say, hey, what can I do? Go walk beside them. Mm-hmm. Right. Say, hey, Help what's up? change policy. Hey, what's up? That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, oh, if can, you want- I, can I help you? Can I do anything? Can I, you know, oh, I'm, I'm white. You're brown. Can I, can I do anything? <laughs> no, freaking idiot. Go. Just walk with them. The one thing Go I walk. did... Even if there's a full... Even if there's a zillion white people holding signs that say Black Lives Matter and other stuff, I can't breathe, and there's zero people of color around, do it anyway. Right. That's, right? What, that's one thing I was going to say. Are you doing that- it to be seen? Are you doing it to be like, yo, okay, we're cool. Right, right. Fist bump, hand in the air, we're cool, right? Are you doing it for that? Then don't... Watch it on TV and stay home. Right. One of the things I thought was really beautiful is someone said, how can you help? Right. If you are a white person, your white body says more to a police officer than my brown body. Get in the front of these marches. Right. Get in the front of them. Be a voice. March when there are no people of color there. March to get policies changed in places and bus stations built and like food. I mean, better grocery stores put into reservation. All the things like change the system. And when I say that, I don't mean like uh, you might be like, well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're just not doing it. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and say you can't do it or do it. Mm-hmm. And then don't. But if you but if you know this and you go, oh, I don't know how to help. Yeah, you do. I told you. You do. I told you how to help. Right. Change who you vote for. Change what you vote for. What you allow when someone makes a racist, disgusting joke. Say you're an a-hole. Don't make jokes like that. Make them uncomfortable. Racism is uncomfortable. Just like hopefully anyone would defend a child. If, say, you and some kid you didn't know who, you know, maybe was like 10 or 11, old enough to ride a bus or something like that, and somebody was like roughing mm-hmm. up the kid, right? would you stand up for that kid? Would you say, yo, is there a problem here? Right. Do that. Mm-hmm. Do that. Say something. Uh, uh, any, any, um, silence is violence, like right. uh, Jenny said. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make as many white friends when I was a boy. I knew that they would be helpful to right. me later on. Has anybody else thought like that, white people? Did you ever think, oh, okay, I better, um, I better, I better do this because it's good for my future? Mm-hmm. No, you probably thought the opposite. Oh, I'm cool. I got a black friend over here, you know. Or I'm cool. No, I just grew up with a black. It's cool, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, what do you do when peaceful protests turn to violence or wrongdoing? Do you turn and run? Mm. 
Hmm. I don't know. Do the thing that helps. All I can think of is do the thing that helps. A lot of people that we know in, well, we have friends in different, a bunch of different cities that have had big protests and they are going out the next day and cleaning the city. Mm-hmm. That helps. Right. It's not against what happened. It's not judging what happened. It's, it's helping. So do what helps. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no right or wrong because obviously every situation and like literally every different foot of that mm-hmm. protest, every mile of the protest is going to be different. Mm-hmm. If you've got someone with a gun shooting you, like leave, uh, you know, for safety, but mm-hmm. do what is helpful, right? It's not helpful to be like, oh, all of these people who've been systemically oppressed for hundreds of years right. are mad and they're looting. Like I, I wrote a post on Facebook a couple of days ago and uh, just this is the, the best analogy that I can think of. It's like if if you kick an animal, if you kick a dog for years and years and years and de- design a system that doesn't support it, why are you surprised that that it, animal or whatever is going to bite you? You know, or and you know, some Melanie was like, "Oh, should you use the you know the animal?" And no, I'm not saying anything is animals or, mm-hmm. or humans or whatever. It, it's just it, it's the same concept. It's the same concept, right? If I mistreat Melanie for years and years and years and years and set it up to be right. like I am the winner, she is the loser. Right? How can I be surprised that uh, she know, leaves? You know, how can really... I be surprised that she's pissed as as anything, all get out? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like um, there's all kinds of other memes that are saying, uh, you know, oh, why, you know, oh, yeah, breaking stuff and burning buildings. Yeah, that's real good. Black and brown people. And then the the converse of that is like, um, oh, violent protest. Right. It's like nobody listened when I took a knee. Right. Nobody listened when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Right. Nobody listened when we had a very, very peaceful protest mm-hmm. or just like mm-hmm. lay down on the White House lawn mm-hmm. for hours and nobody said a word yep. and it was silent Nothing and we changed. didn't disturb anything. Nothing changed. Right. Nobody remembers uh, what I hashtag. I made a hashtag. Um, peaceful protests aren't remembered. Mm-hmm. Right. Some are. Right? right. But most are not. Everyone's attention in the United States and probably the attention of the world is on this right now because that's what it takes right it's like saying to people in concentration camps why didn't you just tell the guards you wanted to leave why didn't you just tell them Mm -hmm. like no we had to kill ourselves basically to to escape these concentration camps and people are saying well why would you loot right now okay you know what you can do uh if if you're watching this oh what do i do what do i do share this share it you have a responsibility to share this. Okay, don't share this. Share something else, or from from, it, from a, 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 a informed uh, person of color, right? Black or brown. Share this. We don't care. Do it or don't. Um, but what you can do is not be silent and share stuff. Hey, um, share stuff on your Facebook page that your racist uncle is going to see. Right. Share stuff right. on your Instagram and your social media that your mom that says, "Oh, we don't talk about that." Right. No, 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 just just right. keep the peace. Share that, mm-hmm. right? Karen, what are you doing? <laughs> right? Karen's getting people killed because they're walking their dogs. Exactly. So, okay, we're, we've gone long enough. I don't want to read all that stuff because... No, no, I'm gotta... not reading it. I want to say, okay. so, what, so what are some resources that are helpful? This is where I wanted to go with this. I see. So one of the most empowering, impactful, uh, life-changing things that you can do if you are a, a white person or a person who wants to help but doesn't know how is to listen to resources from people who are not like you. I don't care what color they are, what race mm-hmm. they are, what they're talking about. One of the best resources for that is a show called Snap Judgment. Mm-hmm. It is uh, directed by Glenn Washington and hosted by Glenn Washington. He is an amazing storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one of my favorites. He also is the creator of Spooked Podcast. But Glenn, uh, He's my favorite. But Glenn Washington alone, his mm-hmm. story is phenomenal. He is African-American. He grew up in a white cult. You heard exactly what I said. He was like one of the only black families in a white Christian cult. His story is crazy. unbelievable. But the great part is his whole show, the premise of Snap Judgment, is sharing stories. It's called mm-hmm. Stories with a Beat. That's all, It has music in it. They're beautifully produced. But it's stories of everyone everywhere, all the things you... And it takes you out of your white bubble. It's mm-hmm. not just white people that you know who sound like you. It's people in like Jakarta who are going to witch doctors to get their mom who's being like like literally there's a voodoo doll in the yard that someone buried to try to kill the mom and it's they're real stories they're mm-hmm. real people this will open your eyes to the world and the cultures in the world and that's what we need to begin changing is to not see others there is no other there's only us 
right? There is no other type of grass. There's just grass. There's no other type of trees because there's no dominant tree. It's just trees. There is no other. There's only us. Mm -hmm. Listen to Snap Judgment by Glenn Washington. Another really great resource if you can handle swearing. Actually, uh, Snap Judgment swears a lot too. Um, But just get over it. It's fine. It's good for you. I, I enjoy it. Um, listen to the po- uh, Profane Faith podcast. It's mm-hmm. by Dr. Daniel Whitehodge. I saw him speak at an event, and he is like a he's a hip hop. So I'll read his thing. It says, Dr. Whitehodge is a recognized hip hop culture expert and cultural literacy communications scholar. He's a professor of intercultural intercultural communications, department chair of the communication arts department, and research lead on the Catalysts, uh, whatever, in, in Chicago. He does all these amazing things, and his podcast is absolutely amazing. And the mm-hmm. reason that you listen to Profane Faith is not because you want to know about the things you already know about. It's because you need to understand the stories, what it feels like to be thrown out of a building because you're not white, Mm -hmm. what it feels like to have uh, fear for your child driving in a car, Mm. what it feels like to feel the things you will never feel as a white person. That is the only goal of Mm -hmm. listening to things that have nothing to do with what you know. It will change how you treat people. It will change how you teach your children. It will change what you do moving forward, which will change the world, okay? Mm. Um, And another thing you have to do if you have children, I don't care if they're two months old or 20 years old, talk to them about race. Mm -hmm. Put yourself... uh, We did... So when I found out um, that George Floyd had been murdered, I prayed with our children about it, and they went, who's that? And I said, well, let me tell you. And I told them the story. Again, uh, Rachel Cruz says, share, don't scare, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's not about scaring our children. It's about sharing the stories and struggles of the people around us so that they will know they exist. A good friend of mine was not taught about the Holocaust from her homeschooled parents, Mm. didn't know it was a thing, and watched the movie Boy in the Striped Pajamas and Mm -hmm. about barfed her brains out because Mm -hmm. she had no idea of this horrendously terrible thing Mm -hmm. because she was sheltered from it. Do not shelter your children from learning about race, from understanding why it's important to treat everyone equally. Mm -hmm. Everyone equally. Not when they look sort of like you, not when they're dressed in a way that feels white enough to not be scary. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm fired up. Also, hashtag Jesus was brown. Right. You would be afraid of Jesus if you saw him. Absolutely. We went to Morocco. And this is one of my favorite stories of the guy. What was his name? The bus driver, the, the tour guide. We went to Morocco. I don't remember. And it was amazing. And it was the farthest away from home I've ever been, the least fitting in I've ever fit in. I was the white person among a sea of brown people. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And our tour guide said, can you understand me? And we went, yes. And he went, if you don't, I speak perfect Arabic. (laughs) And it was like this moment of, Mm -hmm. I know you are terrified of me, but here we all are. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was delightful. Mm -hmm. I thought, what a awesome thing that he just did that. He's letting us know. Right. He's letting us know. We were in Middle Eastern culture. And of course I was when I went to Dubai. And uh, that was for all you white Christians, that was Jesus's culture, right? Right. Jesus was brown, mm-hmm. right? I think he spoke Arabic or Aramaic or something that doesn't sound We're like not scholars in English, biblical things. Right? So yeah, he didn't speak English. So we're not, and he didn't have not, a British accent either. Exactly. We're, we're, we're absolutely not being irreverent. It Mm-mm. is a literal fact. And just like people weren't talk about, taught about boarding schools, people weren't taught about the Black Wall Street in mm-hmm. Oklahoma, people were not taught about Jesus wasn't white. He didn't have blue eyes and blonde hair. Right. He didn't have, you know, he didn't keep the peace. He threw over the tables in the temple and all this other stuff. Uh, so think about that mm-hmm. when you're thinking about all this stuff in context. People are rioting. People are burning stuff. People are breaking stuff because sometimes talking isn't enough, mm-hmm. right? Peaceful protest isn't enough, you know? Jesus disturbed the peace. Mm -hmm. The peace is being disturbed right now. The white peace is being disturbed right now. And white people are very uncomfortable with it. Right. Right. Flock to the unfamiliar. You will grow. Growth is in the uncomfortable times. Make yourself an ally. If someone, uh, a person of color, brown or black or yellow or red, is sharing an experience that they had, 
how dare you to defend it and say some weird anolum, uh, an, anolum, what are you saying analogy anomaly anomaly <laughs> uh from you know oh this anecdotal point that somebody said something um uh don't defend that listen to it you mm-hmm. don't have a leg to stand on but I, 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 this is another thing i see that another thing i posted on is like a lot of people are trying to defend their point of view or saying oh i saw this black dude say this one time so you're only defending with a black person you are you are using a black person to defend your ideology right. um uh, that you may not even know about so right. listen be open you have no right to defend this isn't your time okay. oh god this isn't your time you're used to it it's not. So get right. over it. So, so our time is running out. You need to share this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you are a responsible person of color, of whiteness, of anything, human race, if you're a human, share right. this show. This show should get more listens than any show we've ever made in the history of this show. If it doesn't, I'm mad at you. Right. You heard what I said. I'm going to call you out on this. If you say, I don't know what to do as a white person, and you do not share this show in at least one place, screw you. If you say you don't know what to do and you say you want to help and you don't share this show, you're a lying jerk. And I don't care if you're upset about it. Mm. The only way to change this stuff is to share this stuff and become educated. And it is not the victim's role to tell me how to heal them. Mm. It's our role. We told you what to do. We gave you resources. We'll give you more. We'll link books. We will do all the work that we always do because we love you and we care about our community Mm -hmm. and the lives of everybody. We care about the world and the health of our children and the health of our relationships and the health of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We will give you the resources. What will you do for us? That's right. You will share this show. So be happy and have a freaking day. Yeah. It's good. uh, (laughs) I'm going to come at you. No, we love you for reals. Uh, Hashtag George Floyd. Have a good day. Love you. Bye. We love you. Goodbye.